All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greatest disappointments of talent in National Hockey League history. He's a really high draft pick, but he's never done anything with his talent. Look at this. Look at this. That, that is, that's garbage. Get off! The Frisco just scored a goal, and then he beat up Doug Gilmore. How do you like them apples, Gilmore? Joe Sackick and Doug Gilmore dropping the gloves, and Joe Sackick won that fight in a heads-up fight. He won that fight. Episode three of the Department of Discipline. My name is Ryan Pinder. And in the same room this week as our buddy, Jay Rose Hill. Rosie, here we are. It's happening. New studio. Look at Smell it. Furniture is new. It's all happening. No one's been ramming farts into these things yet. It's only going to go downhill from here. This is this is as clean and pristine as, as this room has ever been. I'm excited. First two went by like nothing. Yes. Two kinks. And now we're doing it for real. Real bullets, man. And it's funny because we uh, did them remotely from separate places. I love being in the same room as someone. It allows me to try to interrupt them less often than I normally do. But I've got something for you. The NHL certainly has no problem taking money from gambling websites. And neither do we. We're sports broadcasters. They advertise on our shows. Why wouldn't that make sense for us? The NHL does have a huge problem with their players being involved with anything to do with gambling. I know it's a little while ago now, but we haven't had a chance to hear you weigh in on Shane Pinto, the number three center for the Ottawa Senators, who was amid a contract squabble or disagreement, guy that needed the new contract. Suddenly, all of his offers that the Sens had put forth, eh, why don't you just play for your qualifying offer, son? Because Shane Pinto has been suspended for 41 games by the National Hockey League for activities related to sports betting. In a statement, the NHL would only confirm the suspension. 41 games for activities relating to sports wagering. Still unsigned, he's been sitting out without a contract. 
since the start of the year. Our insider Frank Saravalli added today as he uh, travels across North America. He's still breaking news that the senators were actually made aware of this a couple of weeks ago. It could explain maybe why Pinto remained unsigned over the last couple of weeks and the senators didn't do anything to create more cap space. But Matt, this is significant and this is historic. Now, the interesting thing is the NHL investigated and said, uh, yeah, the investigation found no evidence that Pinto made any wagers on NHL games, end quote. The league found there's no evidence that Pinto wagered on any actual NHL games. That part is critical. The problem with betting as a player is that if you have some information that you believe might influence tonight's game, then that's almost the equivalent of insider trading. There's some Shane Pinto connection to a third-party proxy better. And then the question is, well, if Shane Pinto didn't bet on hockey, this is what fans have been asking the last 24 hours, if he didn't bet on hockey, why is he suspended? So he didn't gamble in the NHL. And it's just clearly cool with gambling. It's on their helmets. It's on Shane Pinto's helmet at one point last year. It's on their rink boards. It's ads or commercial breaks. Shane didn't gamble on the NHL. How in the world did you end up with 41 games here, Rosie? And then again, it's, oh, and by the way, the investigation's closed and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> What's going on here? That's the biggest thing to me is how did they keep this so quiet? How did they keep this hush-hush? Like no one even knew it was an issue until whammy, this half a season yeah. suspension gets thrown down and everyone's going, oh man, like, you know, what did Pete you Rose, you know, you're gambling on your sport. Something crazy happened. Point shaving. Who Like, no, none of that. Guaranteed. That's the number one thing they came out with. Okay, what did he do? We're not going to tell you, and it hasn't really been leaked. It's a weird one, man, and, you know, it's not resolved yet. I think there's more to come, I would assume. If you're playing in the league, wouldn't you like to know more? If you're part of the PA and you say, hey, this guy just got whacked how much? Half a season. Like, cut your salary in half. Imagine getting fined that. For some of these guys, that's a lot of dough. Like, if I'm Ovi, I'm like... Oh man, like I, I could lose more than five million dollars. Like, what did happen here? And like, why aren't we being told what happened? And I have to worry about more than just not gambling on hockey. What right. is it I have to watch out for? Totally. We're not going to tell you. That's ridiculous to me. But when it first came out and it was a guarantee that he's not gambling on hockey, I thought to myself, hmm, what else? What else could get you in that kind of heat? And right off the top of my bat, he's got a lot of information. He's in the league. Yeah. Is he sharing this with people? Okay. You know, these sports bettors, these bookies, anything to get an edge on Vegas, you'll take it. If a guy's dog died, if his girlfriend cheated on him, any of that stuff, you send that somebody's way, they want that information badly and they're willing to pay for it. That came into my mind, not saying that's what happened. Nobody seems to know what happened. Talking to people in the know, there's a little bit of chatter about that going on, some information sharing. It is what it is. It's happened. People know about it. It's going to be... In the public eye, there's going to be hiccups. When you bring in sports gambling this heavily into these sports, it's going to be a thing that comes with it. No matter what, you're not going to avoid it. You got to be straightforward about it. You got to come forward. This is what he did. This is why it's bad. This is why the suspension's this way, not, oh, biggest suspension in how long? I couldn't even tell you what even touches this. McSorley maybe? Not going to tell you why. Not going to tell you what happened or what he did. Can't end like this. No, no, it's ridiculous. And I, I think the players, whether they're told behind closed doors through the PA what happened or not, like you need to know if if he didn't gamble on hockey, what's the violation and how much is 
If that activity is worth X, okay, information sharing is this. Gambling on tennis is that. That should be laid out. I don't know if that was just a, a guess that someone else had access to his account. I shook my head at that right away. Who Who is a gambler? I'm an NHL player. I have a gambling account that's hooked up to my checking account or my credit card. And I'm going to let someone else make some bets for me. And he's of the character who's not smart enough to know not to do X or Y. That to me was just complete BS. But if they do tell the players, if they have told the players, like you say, oh, you don't have to tell us, but you got to tell them. If you tell the whole league what happened, it'll be all like that. And and here's the thing. If you're going to set up a gambling account and someone else is going to use it. Doesn't it make more sense that the guy not in the NHL would put it in his name (laughs) and then you could go in and log into his info and do it. Like I'm not telling guys that they should gamble in the NHL, but let's say, uh, you know, I, I, we do, we don't have a lot of clarity. So let's say that the league would be upset if someone bet on the NFL, if you're Jay Rose, he'll still plan like, Hey buddy, I got an account. You know, you give me 200, I'll put 200 bucks in from my bank into there. It looks like my money. Here's the login. Have at her. If you really wanted to circumvent the system, it's not the guy not in the NHL using the NHL's account. It's the NHL guy going through someone else's account. Unless you're really not smart, Shane Pinto, I haven't met you. I, I don't know. Well, keep in mind, we don't know what he did, so hold yes. your judgment. I'm a yeah. big believer, and you're innocent until proven guilty. Obviously, something bad happened, but I would like to hear this guy speak and say, Oh my gosh, I'm talking to my buddy back home, like I always have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was around people or something. He's asking about the team. I was talking to my girlfriend, my girlfriend's dad, my own dad, chatting about the team, chatting about this, that, the other thing. Someone didn't like it, investigated. They check out my dad's account. He's betting on my team because he watches it with his buddies. I'm in trouble here. Oh my, like, I'd like to hear the story. If it's something like that, it's like, wow. This guy's, you know, taking the brunt of it for everybody sure. because it's an innocent mistake. You should have known better, but these guys aren't used to this. This gambling thing, it came in so hot and heavy. Yeah. It is everywhere. Everyone and their dog is being sponsored by this. Can you watch a hockey game without seeing 10 of these commercials? So this is new uncharted territory for these guys. If you can slip up like that and and get whacked, these guys need to be aware of it. And I'd just like to know what Pinto's... I guess, excuse or reasoning for this happened, what happened in general. I think there's a lot more information to come out on this. At least I hope there is. Here's an example of where the gray area lies and why the league has to say something. If you were playing in the NHL and you had a game day skate and the Toronto Maple Leafs or Philadelphia Flyers had not announced who their starting goalie was and you guys all knew in the room and like, yeah, we just want to tell the media. Your dad calls you. Hey, I'm coming into town, Rosie. I can't wait to see you play. I don't know if he'd call you Rosie. His name's Rosie too. Anyway, J-Boy, I'm coming in. Son, young man, I'm coming in. I'm flying in. Uh, what's going on tonight? And the, oh boy, by the way, I'm really excited about uh, this, this, this wall character. Is, is he in net tonight? And it's like, that's a normal conversation to have with a son and the dad. And it's yeah. a normal conversation for players in the NHL to talk about and be like, yeah, like don't share this, but like, we don't want the media knowing or the other team knowing, but yeah, it's this guy in net, not that guy. And you think around the league and how small an edge has to be for a bookie, a gambler to really think they've found an edge. Yeah. A starting goal is a huge one. Totally. So now NHL, please tell us if Shane Pinto told someone the starting goalie before it was public, is that a violation? And to whack him that hard off the first offense where, because is that illegal to tell your dad something about your life and your job and your livelihood? Of course not. It's been happening for freaking a hundred years. You'd be telling your dad what's going on with the team. A hundred of those conversations. If he, yes. if he goes and gambles on it, does then that make it illegal? Like okay, well, what are the parameters? It's getting grayer here. But the whole point is until the NHL lays this out for 100%. us, we don't know. 
And if I was in the PA or in the league or part of the PA, I'd say this needs to be addressed. It needs to be black and white. And we need to know exactly what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. You're going to whack us these kind of suspensions with these kind of dollars. My integrity's on the line. My whole, everything's like, how do you know Shane Pinto right now? Just for this gambling shit. It's more, it stands out more right now to the common person than his hockey career. Unfortunately, and that's an issue to his reputation. So these guys are going to want to know what's allowed, what's not. And the NHL, you need to be more clear about it. Maybe they have to those people. I find that hard to believe based on the minuscule amount of information that's been released. And the incredibly tight-lipped and quick nature of it all, to your point. It's not, oh, something's gone on here. The NHL's investigating. We wait a week later. Here's our findings. Okay, Mr. Pinto, is he going to appeal? It was all suspension, quote from the league, not up for discussion, Pinto apology. What's going on here? It was weird. Yeah, and, and, and the more you hear stuff like that, the more you're like, this feels suspect. This doesn't feel like the type of process we see on suspensions. It doesn't feel like the type of process we'll have when it's like, okay, Ilya Kovalchuk, that's cap circumvention, the devils, you got to pay this. Like, it's not, this all was just like, bang, one press release, no more comments. I have trouble believing there's not more information to come. Totally. And and I think if the players are owed more than that and you know, the media, I don't think we're owed anything, but fans want to know were that the transportation of information from the league to the fan. If I'm your buddy and you're playing in the league, hey, how bad is that ankle injury? Like, are you guys gonna be missing him for a while? He's your best D man. Like, geez, I might not be looking for gambling information. But I just don't even know if that's an issue or not to ask that question or for you to answer it. you got to know. That's where it's so gray, man. Like, if you're talking to your buddy and he seems down in the dumps and he's talking about, you know, stuff with his kids or his wife or I'm so busy, I can't even focus on the game tonight. Well, do you sprinkle a bet on that information or <laughs> vice versa? Or my new sticks are in right now. I'm loving them. You should see the pop coming off them. What are the lines Is here? Is that illegal? Like, you need to let us know, NHL. And I think those are really minor non-offenses. Seriously. But when you start talking about starting goalies and injuries, I feel like, okay, well, now we're actually, I do not know the answer. And I wonder how the league would feel about that. Because lines move all day, right? Like, totally. starter hasn't been announced, no morning skate. Fellas, no. Starters announced, line may shift. Starter or backup? We know it's a better chance to win if it's a starter if he's playing well than a, a lesser talented backup, especially if he's not playing well. Like, yeah. There's edges there, no question. Big time. Uh, next topic of the week. Incredibly sad in England, the passing of Adam Johnson, 29 years old from Minnesota, 13 games with the Penguins in the 1920 campaign. A scary play and one that I think people are almost surprised doesn't happen more. It's been a long time since the Clint Malarcha episode where he nearly lost his life. He's talked very openly and written a book about his battles with that yep. and what's surrounded in the aftermath of that, the PTSD, so to speak, of it. How did you hear about it? What have you seen? What are your thoughts? Uh, I heard about it. It's just... It must have just been on my phone. A little breaking news thing. Excuse me? I, I double took it, you know? We take for granted most of the time, I mean, go back a hundred years of the NHL, how many guys have died? It's like, it's negligible. The amount of games that have been played, how many players have played for the league, how many periods, how many shifts it does. It just doesn't happen. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh, this must be like a close call or almost died or is in the hospital. It's like, it's like, no, it's done. And I was in shock. Like what happened? And that's it. Like it's very final and very shocking very sad. It's crazy. Like there's a debate now. There's a debate. A young man's lost his life. Why? His neck got cut. Why? 
you're wearing skates. The skates aren't usually up by your neck, but it can happen. It's almost happened before. It's contact sport. So what's yep. going to happen right away? Everyone comes out of the woodworks, mandate neck guards at once. This is ridiculous, right? And there's a clear argument for that. A young man just lost his life where you have a neck guard on. Maybe he doesn't. Yep. And just that little minuscule maybe, one out of a hundred years a player loses, that's enough for most people. Easy. Put the thing on your neck. Other people, statistically, this does not happen. This is not an issue. This is a freak accident. It's an outlier, yeah. Let's, well, let's go regulate the hell out of it now just for the sake of doing it. Some people would say a neck guard wouldn't even, you know, it'd slice, slice right through that. Or you got to go from here to here mm-hmm. to make it worthwhile. And guys aren't going to wear that. I remember the leagues where you had to wear a neck guard. Guys had socks around their neck all taped up. It was a joke. It was just for optics. So there is a big battle raging right now. There's more than one battle raging. How did that happen? How did that skate get up there? What are we going to do about it after the fact? When I heard about it, I thought this was going to be some guy flying through the air, spinning through the air with momentum, flinging his skate around in this awful coincidence of tragic events would happen. And I saw it. I'm treading lightly here because online there is some hate Towards this player, there's race things that get involved. So the person whose skate cut the neck. Pat Grave. Yeah. He's a rough and tumble player. He's been suspended before. He's had some spearing incidents, things like that. To me, is completely irrelevant. But I do watch the video, and his momentum is all going this way. His legs are almost behind him. It would make sense for him to fall into Johnson. And instead, his lead leg comes up and almost in a protecting himself kind of way or like an initial, like a flinch reaction, a flinch reaction, a secondary, Oh, I got to get a piece of, um, like he has the puck. So he's not going to be hitting Petgrave. Johnson has the puck and he's gaining his area and his leg comes up against the momentum again, not purposely. He did not purposely take his skate to this guy's neck. Use your heads. People think he woke up and said, I'm going to try to kill someone today. There's a lot of that going on and it's ridiculous. It needs to stop. I need to hear this guy's explanation. It looks like it was a defensive tactic or trying a split second, trying to get a piece of a guy. Whatever the case was, we may never really find out. For the rest of his life, whatever that was will serve more than his share of anything that should come from that. People are talking about murder and jail like imbeciles. This guy's already going to go through hell. Whatever happened in that split second was the direct relation to someone losing their life. It's a tragedy. I look at the video and I got to say, I was puzzled by how his leg got up there against the momentum. Again, I thought he would be hit and spun and he'd be spinning through the air and his leg would come flying up and catch a guy. It's tough to watch for a number of reasons, but after the initial shock and sadness and everything sets in and you process and you go look again, I do understand why there is a section of people saying, why was his leg up there? How did that happen? And I understand that. And I don't investigate that by placing blame on Petgrave or some malicious intent that went along with that. I don't buy that at all. So it's a really complicated situation. So aside from the incident itself, the league's governing bodies now have to decide what the rules are. It's clear. We have kids. Our kids have to wear neck guards. It's part of mandatory equipment. I think that's right for kids. Kids are not as in control as professional athletes. Kids are falling down a bunch. You see dog piles all over the ice. It's an important piece of safety equipment. It's probably safe to say most people are okay with that, that 
kids and minor hockey players, not professionals, are mandated to wear a neck guard. You don't have any problem yep. there. Not at all. And so then it's like, okay, when people are doing something for a living, they're understanding risks involved. And we talked about this with fighting, I think, yep. in episode one or two, where it's like, don't tell me these guys don't know what they're signing up for. Guys understand that head injuries repeatedly isn't good for the human body, uh, but it might be their only ticket to the NHL. They understand risks involved. You could tell me a similar thing that, yeah, you understand that you're playing a game where there's razor sharp edges, four of them on a player, two on each skate in terms of the inside and outside edge on both skates. And we're moving around to high velocities and it's a contact sport and there's scrums and dog piles and piles up in front of the net and people get thrown ass over tea kettle into benches on hits and their blades fly neck high every once in a while here. I understand those risks. So the question becomes what should leagues do? And we've got some answers already. The EIHL, the league that Adam Johnson was playing is they've said they were going to mandate neck guards. Yep. I don't have a problem with that. I don't see that as an, a league where it's like, how can you deny these people this? Typically, it's not an extremely high-paying league. It's a place where players will go to get uh, their MBAs, to further education. And it's a league that sort of, I want to say almost like uh, transitions you from playing in elite European leagues or North America into your post-playing career. So I can kind of get along with that league isn't robust enough for these guys to argue that that risk-reward payment is worth it. I do have questions about the NHL and the Penguins specifically because, of course, a former Penguin, they got asked about it. They're considering this. Now, every team can consider anything. What do you expect to happen at the NHL level? What do you think should happen at different levels of professional hockey? I mean, in the wake of a tragedy like this, it's going to be the first thing that's brought up. And if someone stands in this doorway and says, a person lost his life, because he didn't protect his neck. There are all the things that you just mentioned about high-speed velocity, put on a neck guard. There's no arguing it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I get that point of view, 100% get that point of view. I also have a point of view on what about, you can't really hide from statistics. This has never happened before. This is a, I understand it. You could see how it would, but it doesn't. It doesn't happen often. It's essentially a one-off. It's essentially a one-off. Someone dying from a skate laceration to the neck. People all have different, understandings of risk thresholds they're comfortable with hundred percent. Some people will never go swimming in the ocean. Yeah. Some people won't go downhill skiing. I know people that would never step foot in a race car. Some people won't drive period. Never mind race car. I mean, we, I guess the, I'm with you. We all make decisions based on how much risk am I willing to assume? Yeah. And some people might just say, I can't leave the house today. I'm too paralyzed by all the things that can go wrong. A piano could fall out of that building onto me, and it's like, well, you know what? It's probably happened once ever. I do not think the league is going to make neck guards mandatory. Uh, this didn't happen in the league. I understand why the EIHL would do it. It's an automatic reaction to save face. They're not the NHL. They're not a huge, massive conglomerate. Also, culturally, just sort of jump in. You're in England. Hockey's not the number one sport. People don't understand the sport to the level that you do in a hockey country, and that's not to say, oh, they, they just don't know their hockey. It's not that. It's that... People understand those risks here very thoroughly. And for a lot of people in England, the first time they've ever heard about the AIHL was with the passing of Adam Johnson and saying like, this sport is happening here and they don't wear neck protection. And again, if you don't want to play in the AIHL, there's not the least plan. You're not holding people away from their only opportunity. The NHL is really the only opportunity to make tons of dollars to play hockey. And I'm a big believer just personally in personal choice. I want to wear 
this. I don't want to wear that. Mm-hmm. I didn't find it comfortable wearing a neck guard. We always, we taped it up and stuff. Was that smart? No. If I had to wear one in a beer league thing tomorrow and it's this big, I would fold it up because it's uncomfortable and it's annoying and I hate it and I'm not used to it. Is that an excuse? Not for some people. That's fine. I'm still a proponent of giving people the choice. Now, if you just say, hey, let's give uh, a whole bunch of different options of neck guards to people in the NHL, let them wear it if they if they choose to. Are a lot of guys going to choose to or not? Probably you're not going to have a whole lot of compliance with it. If we go back in history, a great comparable would be helmets. And now they don't feel like they're out of place. They're not Agreed. uncomfortable for players. No one's ever played without one or maybe a couple times on an outdoor rink as a kid. But it would be obscene to hear like a 25 year old be like, yeah, these helmets are just so uncomfortable and it's because they're used to them and it will be that way with neck guards. So would you approach neck guards the same way helmets were approached, which is to grandfather them in and say, you know what? Kids are wearing the neck guards in junior hockey. It's not going to be annoying for a junior player to have to wear it the next year in the pros. Are you okay with that? Or does that sort of trample on your, I want my right to say no. Because, again, we're getting even deeper into the grays here. I, I get what you're saying. And if you're that person that argues that way, I, I understand. But I still just want the personal choice. Yeah. I do understand how a person could say, why do you wear it up until the point where you're 16 and then take it off? Right. Yeah. I get that argument. I just want the choice to take it off if I want. It's my fucking neck. Okay. So what about helmets? Should players have a choice to wear them or not? Ha <laughs> ha! Interesting. Man. Well, I mean, it's, it's not the same, but again, I'm, and I'm not trying to pin you on anything, but again, if you're just full libertarian, don't tell me how to live my life. There has to be some safety standards in the league. Mm-hmm. If you were in charge of the NHL and the players, would you be like, Hey guys, wear a helmet if you want. Or is it like, well, we've come this far, keep wearing them. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and like you say, the different lines and the different comfortability levels, it would be silly to take your helmet off right now. Right. Yeah. Seems, I mean, people would say it'd be silly to take your neck guard off at 16, but we all do it. I understand where you're coming from. Look at goaltenders. They have so much neck exposed. Their little chin thing comes down right about here and you can see as much neck as mine. And you're literally wiring hundred mile an hour frozen rubber at this guy. I always wonder why the hell are they not protecting their neck more, but they never get hit in the neck and it's never a big deal. The dangly things too. Those things are gone. Name a guy that has that. I, I get why they would. I just... I look at the QMJHL and they're the leaders in in bubble wrapping everybody and they look around and they got this big dumb looking visor on the big neck guard and it's just, the NHL doesn't want to go there for optics, for marketability, mm-hmm. for just the pure look of it, for the percentage of, of, of uh, probability that this is going to happen again. It's just so low and there's, again, you can put one on at any point in time. Anyone can put it on. You're acting like they're outlawed. They're no, not. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Put one on. Go for it. And I, I'm not uh, saying they have to do these things, but it, it is a good debate. And it really, it, it has a lot to do with your view on society. Like, should like should we be telling people to wear seatbelts? Well, yes. And it's like, okay, well, could there be some people saying, no, it's too extreme. We can do this with anything. And, and I guess what it is, is how much are we expecting people to protect each other? And there's another layer to it. If you're in a country where you pay for your own health care, you can ride a helmet without a, a motorbike without a helmet in some states. In Canada, when someone gets hurt, it comes out of your and I taxes. I'd like them to wear a helmet on their motorcycle. And so, you know, all these different, I guess, legs of the octopus, so to speak. It's not just, is it safe? Is it not? Is it the probability? 
if this was to happen in the NHL, how would they react? I mean, there's so many things that go into these decisions and, and I don't think it's a clear answer, but I'll say this. I will not be surprised if in the next 10 years, these are grandfathered in. Next 10 years, I think there could be a lot of changes in the NHL. Um, you pull up different insurance problems, lawsuit issues. That's I think a big the, one. I think the full cages are coming about uh, on where really? we talked about that. Okay. Maybe, maybe week one. I mean, junior a, the old Grizzlies where I live, they're wearing full cages. No, it's grandfathered advisors. in. It looks, it looks like minor hockey out there and it's junior. That's the one thing that stood out as I can tell this is junior because they got the half shield on Yeah, yeah, yeah. and now you can't do that. But you know, it's tough to talk about this right now when it's fresh. Well, it's overreacting. Tragedy right? just happened. Yeah. Why wasn't anyone calling for neck guards two weeks ago? Yeah, the risk was the same. Because it doesn't... There, there weren't new sharper blades just added. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, there you are. I mean, I'm sure there's people listening or shaking their fist at both sides of that argument. And that is that is the beauty of the show. I can show. see a person listening saying, you dumb redneck bastard. You have... How, how do you have goon. a leg to stand on you not wearing a neck goon. guard when some guy just died? I get it. <laughs> but I don't want these guys to have to wrap this shit yeah, up if and, they don't want to. And to be fair, we saw a football player nearly die with a hit last year in the NFL. If you want to overreact, or is it a no contact league now? You know, do, does it have to be full cages in the NHL? Do we need to mandate certain sizes of equipment to make sure that players, I mean, we cannot remove all risk of injury in this sport or any contact sport. And so what it really becomes is what is the general comfort of the league and the players in allowing a mandated, I guess, minimum standard for safety? And that's something that the PA and the league will have to grant. Where's the line? It's different for every different person for different yeah. reasons. And you're never going to align in any position and not have people be upset about it sure. one way or the other. We'll move along. I'm sure good fodder there. I'm sure the comments would be really rational on this too. If we want to head to YouTube or anywhere this gets the comments. Oh, lots going on this Always week. rational in the comment section. Uh, outdoor game happened last weekend. Always yeah. uh, fun to see those. It was in our home province. Uh, we both live in Alberta. Uh, one of the comments that caught everyone's attention, when you get these bigger events, you get players mic'd up. And when yeah. you get players mic'd up, you get to get a little more inside access as a fan of the sport as to the chirps and the intimidation that goes on that we talk about on this program, loved Evander Kane beaking the Calgary Flames. What's anyone going to do about it? <laughs> What's anyone here going to do about this? What are you going to do? What is anybody here going to do? Let's go this And after he dumps Nazem Kadri on a hit that's not incredibly clean nor incredibly dirty, just certainly doesn't warrant suspension, may or may not have even warranted a minor penalty, catches him sort of three quarters, and he goes sort of shoulder first into the boards, whatever. We see hits like this all the time. It's not a, oh, my God, is it dirty, but it is a, okay, that's the type of hit you might have to answer for if someone's on the ice. Yeah. And a scrum happens, and Kane basically says, anyone here want to try me? This brings me to previous episodes that we've done. When you don't have anyone that you're playing against who can do anything to you, physically of a physical nature mm -hmm. and you have the the mindset out there of what's anyone out here going to do about whatever i do on the ice you play differently and you're intimidating that that is that is intimidation in the sport 100 percent. and vander kane's tough as nails yeah. he's he's a tough and he can kid. play right damn right it's a, that's an important factor this is not a 250 pound vending machine that has one job and only people weighing over 240 have to fight him this is a player that's going to be out there a fair amount and this is a guy who intimidation as we saw with the hot mic or the the live mic whatever you want to call it it's a part of his game and that's fun like i miss that i miss being in a scrum and just 
grabbing every different guy by the scruff saying, who the fuck wants it? Like, it's a joke. There's no one. Everyone's looking down at their skates, scared. We play a team with a big boy out there, and you do one little thing you know. As soon as I finish that one check that I run a little hard, as soon as I stop hard in front of that goalie and and get a little close, I got a scrap. This guy's coming and saying, no. Let's give me some nuance. I, I think there's three or four Calgary Flames that would fight Evander Kane. I think Dennis Gilbert would. I think AJ Greer, who they got on waivers from Boston, would. I don't know if those guys necessarily scare Evander Kane. They probably don't. I don't know that they do well in fights. They might. They might not. Yeah. Zadorov, in theory, although he's more big and physical than he is a fighter. If those guys are on the bench, is Evander Kane doing the exact same thing? Because those guys weren't on the ice. It was Huberto and I think Lindholm. On the were. ice or in the game? They're, well, they were all there, and Evander said what he said. So you yeah. can go put out your big six foot five, two hundred and forty pound defenseman, or the two guys that scrap the most in Greer and Gilbert. There's a layer here, right? There's having tough guys, and there's having tough guys on the ice. If Kane's in that scrum and those guys are there, he's not saying, "What are any of you going to do about it?" Because right. they might decide to show him. He's looking around, going, "Why are we scrumming? Why are you coming at me? You guys aren't going to do shit. Yeah, none okay. of you can. None of you will. And I know that. That's what that is. Yeah, that's just being cocky. That's just being the toughest guy on the ice at the time. Yeah. that's good. And that's amplified even more so when you're the toughest guy in the game where there's no one that's going to even look at you because they have no one. And you know that before the game starts. And I'm saying that you dictate your play in a yeah, certain respect, especially certain types of players based on that information. They've got nobody tonight. I can abuse this team, embarrass this team, call out their whole bench. Nothing's going to happen to me. I can lay it to this team because I know they have a different guy. Well, now if I play like that, I know it's it's just, you know that there's going to be a consequence. There's no, there's going to be a reaction. Yeah. You can't quite get away with that. And guys know that it's hand in hand with one of our episodes where we touched on this. Kane can do that because he knows there's no one mm-hmm. on that ice in that scrum. Why are you guys scrumming around me? Like someone's going to do something. I Stop know you're not. And it's just, and when you're mic'd up like that, it's fun. You laugh, you hear that shit all day long, but you don't really, when you're watching from TV and yeah. it, that's, what's fun about those outdoor games. And that's why I think there's such a premium on a player that is a top line producer and can be the toughest guy on the ice. And that's why you you hear the terms like unicorn out there. That's why, you know, I I think about Jerome McGinley in this market. I think about Eric Lindros in his prime. Like if you can be a star player and be the most physically intimidating player on the ice, like that's just almost the most irreplaceable thing in the sport. I mean, I think goaltending trumps anything. A hot goalie trumps anything. Ask Mm -hmm. the Panthers and Bobrovsky, but like that is the most impactful thing in hockey outside of a hot goalie is to have a power forward in the true sense of the word. Yeah. Guys that play with an edge who have skill. How many yeah. players who play with an edge work hard, finish their checks are tough as hell, do anything they can do to help their team block shots. And they just wish they had a little bit extra of that oh, yeah. talent, right? You'd be on the ice more. You got to deal with them more. And God, I mean, they, they just, you can change a game that much more easily. Anyway, flip it, take a guy with a ton of talent. Yeah who can do all kinds of things with the puck and with plays and he's got vision. He's, he's born with it mm-hmm. and he just refuses to play with a little bit of an edge. Jonathan Huberto was on the ice when it happened. <laughs> he's not small. Who? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating thing out of coaches and GMs. I've seen it. They, they're asking a guy, get pissed off once in a while. Yeah. Finish your check emotions. face, face wash a guy. Like I've talked to players that where I see that, like, especially at the end of my career, I'm in the American hockey league. Some guys are coming up. I'll sit with guys and I'll say, what do you see out there in this game right now? And if you own this team, if you were the GM of this team, the coach of this team, what do you see out there? You see nothing. What would happen if this guy's 
nonstop all day chirping off, getting guys out of the crease, finishing every hit, chirping at the bench, firing up the team. You'd just be salivating up here. That's free. You don't have to be touched by God to do that stuff. It's mm-hmm. free. Anyone can do it. You just have to be willing to do it. And do you not realize how much your stock goes up? Like you just yeah. said, they call you a unicorn and stuff. If you have talent and you don't realize that, man, I could exponentially become more valuable to every team in the league throughout yeah. my career if I just played with a little bit of jam, it blows my mind how little guys realize that. You got to want it. You got to be brave. Yes. That reminds me, this episode one, I asked you about your career. You're in Tampa. You weren't getting traction and you basically said, screw it. I'm going to be the biggest prick on the ice. You got noticed real quick. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, all of a sudden Brian Burke calls you and you're a leaf. Like that, that's not an accident. There's no secret that I'm a guy without a ton of talent. I could use more talent. I wish my hands were better. I wish I saw the ice better, but I was willing to do anything it took. Yeah. If you give me a shitload more talent and I play like that, I'm a $9 million player. Yeah. Like, And in your case, it was probably, here's 80 in the American League or 800 in the NHL. Would you mm-hmm. like it to add a zero to your salary? Here are the few things you have to do. They might not be fun. You might get hurt, but do you want 800 grand or 80? Yeah, and, and that goes without saying. That's a one-way track for me to get into the league is to play that way. What I'm kind of touching on is a guy who doesn't have to do that, who's yeah. not being forced to do that, who's not out of the league if he doesn't do that. I'm not saying go fight mm-hmm. 20 times, yeah. but to play with a little bit of snot yeah. to up your stock value, it just shocks me And how I just look at you and go, why don't you just do that? It, yeah. It's free. It's, it's free to do. You don't have to be blessed with unbelievably silky mitts. You don't have to have Connor McDavid's speed you just go out there and just have an attitude and your yeah. stock goes through the roof. And these guys are bitching about contracts and years and term and where, where do I fit in the lineup? You want the whole fucking organization to be just salivating over you? Play a little bit harder. Let's use an analogy. William Nealer is a free agent needs a contract next year. They could, it does, they could be any player on almost any team. Every year guys come up. If William Nylander had two bone crushing hits a game and scrapped twice a year, <laughs> is he not inked to 10 already? 10 a year? <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, like without, it sounds like he wants 10. But if you add that physical element, I feel like, especially as new GMs, like, I don't mind that. You look back and the people that knock him, there's a couple clips of him just coasting into. Turning away from pucks, being uh, soft. It's like, fuck, buddy. They, they People don't forget. Yeah. Like that stays with you. You play like that. You're going to get the reputation. And he's a ridiculously talented hockey player. Yeah. But would it make it better if he played with a little bit of an edge like Jerome Ginla? Damn right it would. Yeah. And I, I, one other way to put it is you might just see it as simple as a decision to do it. Other players might say, look, I've worked hard on these hands. I've worked hard on these feet, just like you worked hard on convincing yourself you're brave enough to go do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think you're kind of discounting what guys that did the job the way you did have to do, which is to be incredibly brave and understand that, like, if I stick handless back and lose it, I get another shift. If I'm in a tilt and I'm in the wrong spot, I might be looking at the lights <laughs> in a hospital for four days. Yeah, there is that uh, hanging over the head, I guess. That's that's true. What is anybody here going to do? This I don't know if the NHL can do anything about that, but that is garbage. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We'll move on. Uh, suspendable events. Boston, what happened? They're playing Florida. This is the rematch of the first round upset. Boston's up 3-1. Bergeron hurt, and we saw one of the greatest upsets in uh, recent Stanley Cup history, mm-hmm. the best regular season team in a billion years, getting KO'd by a second wild card, an eight seed, the Florida Panthers. I'm sure if Boston wins this, they'll call it even Steven, because sure, you won the series, but we got a regular season win in the first series. It's even Steven, <laughs> no sweat. But in that game... Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe it's not. I would suspect there's some interdivision nastiness. I should. I would figure that Boston's frustrated how their season ended. Had a miserable summer. Florida, quite the opposite. Charlie McAvoy catches Oliver Ekman Larson. It is not right near the puck. It is directly at Oliver Ekman Larson's head. That would be Charlie McAvoy's shoulder. And it even looks like he makes eye contact. So you can't really claim that he's lost his way. He's loading up and aiming here as he lifts his shoulder into the face of Oliver Ekman-Larsen. What do we see? I thought it might have been a stick, but this might be a hit to the head, Jack. And McAvoy's in in the box. It's not one of those fast-paced plays where you're crisscrossing trying to get him and you clip a piece of him and, oh, shit, I'm trying to make a hockey play. My angle is off a little bit. It's just going and blowing a guy's chin up. So I think every guy in the NHL, especially in 2023, knows that cannot do that. It was clear as day. Number 73, Boston, has been given a major penalty and now will be reviewed. In the same week, we've got Clifton gets two games and that was the one that I'm talking about where it's a hockey player trying to finish your check you guys are going against the grain on each other you miss him a little bit catch his head can't do that here's a two-game suspension I'm seeing McAvoy it's a different situation altogether it's It's standing right in the slot he lifts up through him catches pure head it's not like they're both going a million miles an hour you can see he's has time to make eye contact and see what he's doing we know he's not getting more than five correct He's got a phone hearing with the league, and by the time this publishes, we may indeed have an update. Right, that's right. But yeah, can't be more than five. I think the Rasmus Anderson hits a good comp because they're both unnecessary. They're both bad decisions, and they're both are like, yeah, you don't need that in the game, and it really, you shouldn't have been trying to do that. What is up, Locked On Boston Bruins fans? It is Halloween, and we have some spooky news as the Boston Bruins will be without Charlie McAvoy for the next four games, suspended for an illegal check to the head on Oliver Ekman-Larsen of the Florida Panthers. He will miss games against the Maple Leafs, 
Red Wings, Stars, and Islanders. And with Matt Grizzly injured... Yep, I don't think anyone will argue with it. It is what it is. You can't do that, especially when it's uh, you can break it down and realize there's a lot of different ways to avoid that. Okay, maybe one of the softest goalie interference goals that we've seen waved off. Uh, it happened the other night. Pittsburgh against Anaheim, an incredible collapse by the Penguins against a plucky Ducks team being led by Frank Vetrano, of all people, goal scoring. This is an interesting one. A tiny bit of contact at the top of the crease between a defenseman and a forward. You know, it's hard to see from that angle. Are they saying that Carrick pushed Carlson into the goaltender? A tiny bit of contact between the defenseman and his own goalie. You know what? Carrick's in the crease. It does not allow the goaltender to move out to challenge the shot. I don't know if it would have made any difference. And I think the Ducks are going to challenge this. And really, I didn't think competed at all the ability for the Pittsburgh netminder to make a save. It's called no goal on the ice. It is reviewed by the Ducks. Greg Cronin, their new head coach, says, you know what? I'm going to challenge it. What we know about goal challenges, if you're wrong, it's two-minute minor for delay a game. So not only does the goal count, you also go on the penalty kill. You know Greg a little bit, and uh, he ends up getting tossed, not liking that this uh, no goal was upheld. We've got a decision. Let's listen in. The call on the ice stand. We got no goal. Anaheim's got his minor penalty for delay game. At first I saw it, I said, okay, was this just a call that was made? You know, NHL referees, they're not perfect. No referee, umpire, anything like that. We see it all mm-hmm. all Humans. year, every year with every sport. They're human beings. Things are happening fast, different angles. We usually have the luxury of going back and, and checking things out in super slow motion from four different angles. They did go upstairs with that's, that. That's the crazy thing. blows my mind. You go upstairs and you look. Like, who's telling you what the rules are and what they aren't? If you blurred out those two players, yeah. the forward and the defenseman, you would think that the defenseman was the one who took the goalie interference call because... The Anaheim Mighty Duck didn't even make contact. I mean... Didn't touch the goalie. Didn't touch the goalie. The defenseman was more in the goalie's way than than the opposing player was. So Cronin sees that on his iPad. And Crow's a fiery guy from out east there. He's a, yeah. he's a good shit. And I like him a lot. And he's just killing it with his career and everything. And, and happy for him. You got your iPads on the bench. You go to your... As soon as there's a no we're, goal we're call... challenging that. You run over. Let me see. Let me see. Go upstairs. Yeah. The guy upstairs is like, we've looked at it five times. He does not make contact. Boop. Challenge. Yeah, we got this one. Boys, don't worry about it. They go upstairs. Then some ref who you pisses you off the way he talks, the way he looks, the way he handles himself. Some All refs have different personalities. Some of them are arrogant. Rubs you the wrong way. And he goes, it's a good goal. Fucking loses his mind, Cronin, right? And they've been told, take it easy on the linesman. Take it easy on the refs. We're not allowing screaming and yelling, throwing your gum at them, chucking shit. Like, you're gone. You can't even yell at him. Can't cuss. I don't care how mad you are. Cronin loses it, gets punted. But the big story is, how on earth does the NHL, you go upstairs to the powers that be, and you call that a non-goal? For what reason? What are you, what are you... What is that helping? When you make that chicken shit soft as butter play a no goal, what are you helping? Are you helping the game of hockey? Are you helping it grow? Most rules are in place to try to score more goals, to have more excitement. There's nothing there that's dirty. Like, we got to get that out of the game. No, you do want goal mouth battles. And did the goalie have a square chance to make a save? Absolutely he did. You take clutching and grabbing out of the game to free up Connor McDavid to fly down with his jersey flapping and goes short sidebar down. That's what the league wanted for a reason. For what reason is that goal 
pulled back and called off. Who's helped besides the one goaltender who says, wow, that helped out my save percentage because I wasn't impeded with and they called it back. Like for what reason I want to know, do you say, nah, the NHL, nah, we gotta, we gotta pull this back. We can't be allowing that in our game. For what reason? It's the same with the kicking the puck thing. I think it's just so much gray area. It's like you want goals. You always change rules for more goals. Yeah. And now if a guy's in a stopping motion, he can't like aim his blade if it's on the ice. Like, shouldn't it be really simple? If your skate's on the ice, it counts. If your skate's in the air, it doesn't. That seems easy to me because you don't want blades flying. We talked about, you know, the horrible things that can happen if you get blades up high. If your skate's on the ground, why shouldn't you be able to direct it in? It's a skill play. And you want goals, League, don't you? Yeah. Someone's tying up your stick. Boom. Angle your blade. Little kicking motion. Who cares? And I mean, your star player is going to the net hard. He's wrapped up with a 230 pound defenseman. He's going his sticks all tied yes. up, and he sees and you see him in super slow mo while he's on one edge, just ah, uh, and it just pinks it Pretty. over the pad. Beautiful. Pretty. Let's put that on the highlight reel. Keep it going. Same with this goalie interference. I mean, I am all for letting the goaltender make a save. He needs to be there, and you're allowed to be in his crease if you're not impeding with him. I just think it's a screw-up. Hopefully it's a one-off and they don't. It seems like the NHL always has something going on in the back of their mind. Oh, we're going to clamp down on this this year. And every time they do it, the whole league's baffled going, what the hell is going on? I just compare it. I remember it was, uh, I think, the first year that McDavid made the playoffs. The The Oilers got to round two against the Anaheim Ducks. They, I think they had a 2-0 series lead. I want to say this was like five, six years ago. And Ryan Kessler is in the crease and has two hands on the goalie pad of the <laughs> then Edmonton goaltender, and they didn't call goalie interference. And they went upstairs, didn't they? Yes. And I'm like, now the same league is called that goalie. And it, like, wow. Consistency's everything, man. Well, and it's what, it's what hockey fans fight with the most at the league and its officials. It's just like you never know where the bar is. Like, that's an instigator today. That isn't. That's a boarding call. That isn't. Like you just don't know what the heck the thresholds are. This is a goal. This is not a goal. I feel like if you did 10 different goals and pulled all 32 GMs, you'd have a lot of them like 50, 50. Like, yeah, I don't know what the call is here. Like our league, I've seen it this called before. I've seen this washed out before. We don't know what we're getting. And that's, that fr- that's frustrating to fans because it feels like you're getting screwed. Even if it's just incompetence. It's a fast game. There's referees out there, but the players need to make decisions in real time. They got to quickly decide, can I go ahead with this or not? Can I hit this guy or not? Mm. Can I put my stick there or not? You reach out and try to knock the puck off the guy's stick and he's holding onto it like a who the hell knows what. Oh, slashing. Like, like there's got to be some rationality in there. And it, it's difficult because, I mean, a game like golf, very clear. And sometimes, you know, a guy gets screwed because that rule is in place to make sure that this never happens. Unfortunately, in your situation, it's coming to bite you where you didn't really do anything wrong. There's never a perfect system. But hockey right now has got too much gray area. They have for a little while the hitting, the goalie interference, the slashes the instigator, these kind of things, they need to be more black and white. So players know when they're going into it, what's allowed and what's not. There's too much gray area. Yeah. And, and again, a penalty is one thing. A goal is really important. How many one goal games are we seeing in this league? What if that's in the playoffs? What if that's oh, in a game seven? Well, I mean, what if it's in game six in 1999, 2000, the Buffalo Sabres and it's Brett Hull's skate. And then what you thought was a goal completely changes. Like that was weird. You you touch yeah. your toe into the crease. Got I thought, I thought it was black and white. If you're in the crease, oh no no no. You know what? That's fine on this instance. And the cup got given away that night. That's a little frustrating. We'll take the corners off of the crease. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we'll change it now. Uh, last couple items for you. I was at a an event you would have loved here in Calgary. There's an old time hockey association 
where it's a bunch of guys a lot older than you and I, some maybe older than you and I combined, that just get together. It's a stag, which means a men's only event. It's wild game, so it was like bison, like all kinds of exotic meats. What is this place? They raise money for the uh, a couple of the university post-secondary institutions in town, state and MRU, and provide scholarships for players that are coming from other cities into Calgary to play collegiate or university hockey. Great cause. Some great storytelling, some incredible uh, auction items, a bunch of old NHLers and pros. And I ran into Brendan Mickelson, who used to play for the Calgary Flames. I crossed paths with him in the American Hockey League. Soon after, got traded to Tampa Bay. He said, what are you up to? What's going on? I was talking about, well, we just started a new podcast. Myself and a guy named J.B. Rose. I was like, oh, I know Rosie. We started talking a bit about the state of the game, tough guys, this and that. And he said, you know what? Jay Rosehill was the perfect tough guy. Because he wasn't 250 pounds and so big that no one even had to think about fighting him. Like if you were George LaRock or Peter Worrell or like Steve McIntyre, one of these just heavy, monstrous humans, an average player never had to worry about them because it was like, oh yeah, I'll just do my thing. Those guys would never fight me. They know that's an unfair fight. He said, I wouldn't fight Jay Rosehill with an axe because <laughs> that guy didn't care how big you are, or what you were doing. And he intimidated everyone. And it was way more effective than the super heavy who really only fought guys in that super heavy division. And I thought that was a massive compliment because it, it kind of got to the root of, I think the great discussion of like how much intimidation is there? How much do you need a tough guy? The most valuable tough guys are the ones that intimidate everyone, not just other tough guys. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, and I appreciate that comment for sure by Mickelson. I haven't seen him in uh, in a while, but unfortunately, I did have to step up and fight those monsters. Who that's the thing you, you went up and down. <laughs> you had to fight up for those guys. My first camp in Toronto, I'm weighing in, and I think I was. I was trying to be 210 plus and I was like 209. Yeah. So I wheeled around and got two water bottles and shoved them in my waistband <laughs> to, to weigh in because I didn't want to see, you know, the McGrattans of the world. I yeah. wanted them to consider me as, you know, part of the part of the group, but the nuclear deterrent. There's yeah. no, there's no doubt about it for a while there. The, the guys got too big, too strong, too slow, too tough. And they were, they were too one dimensional, right? Yeah. You got to be able to skate. You got to be able to do something. I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately I crossed paths with, you know, a couple of different eras. I caught the the early era where those big boys are still cruising around. I caught the late era where they said, bye, bye, we don't need you anymore. But yeah. uh, it was what it was. I appreciate the words though. Uh, and with an ax even, that's quite and, something. <laughs> that's a little aggressive. Uh, you're not offering those, by the way. No ax fights allowed. Zero. No, that's uh, frowned upon these days. I'm getting too old. Yeah, well, fair. I mean, aren't we all? Everyone, they say, getting older. Mm. Uh, fight of the week. Let's go to it. We'll close the show with this. Alex Tuck, Brady, Kachuk. And now Kachuk's mad. Oh, he's been buzzing. Has Brady Kachuk since coming back to the third, and he's dropping him now with Alex Tuck. And Tuck goes down. The captain still some fight in this game. There's a unit. <laughs> there's a guy that can play top line, and there's a guy that can also ditch the mitts and go. I think he's got a couple of fighting majors this year. Yo, a lot of guys this. with two fights this year. And so Kachuk, a guy that absolutely can play on your top line, 
also can send messages. I feel like he's a Jerome McGinley type. This is a, this is a good player. You got to wait for the replay, man, because the cameraman misses it. He sheds his shit, like spring loads them. They go flying and then does the old, come on, come Get on. Like, like the greasers and the socias are having a rumble, man. It was hilarious. Like how often are you that far away and you go, come on, come on. I, would, I died laughing. Salivating. I died. And he's one of the premier talents. Like he, he's their leader. He's their captain. God GMs and, and coaches just salivate to that type of thing mm-hmm. for good reason. Do you know how palpable that is on the bench? Oh, God. When you're a guy who doesn't have to do that, chooses to do it, that means so much, and right? Just the other guy. Crowd giving their captain some love. I guess that arm is doing okay. It's a big right. It was a big right. The, the one thing I do want to ask you about. Tuck is down there, spring-loaded, and the fight's pretty much over. Yeah. And he lands one. Like, is this dirty? Is this gray area? How do you view this? Uh, when when Brady Kachuk, it's clear who's won. Tuck is down. He can't help himself. He wants one more shot. Okay, you watch the video. His jersey's almost over his head. He's almost in trouble. You can feel that thing. You can't see anything. You go, oh, mm-hmm. God, I'm in trouble. It doesn't jersey. He throws a bomb, lands it. The guy's falling down. He's pissed off because he thought he took his knee out or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's falling down. You you just, you want another, like the linesmen are there. They're always in there when they need to be. They they got to do their job. You're free to throw as many as you want. I see how it happens in the in the heat of the moment, in the middle of a fight. Yeah. You're falling down. You're, you just keep throwing. Like you, It's just a blur of activity. I get it. I, I understand why he wants to throw. What I'm asking is, if that happens to you, it's are you good. like, I'm remembering that? Or is, is Brady like, you know what? I should text the guy and tell him that last one was unfair. Like, what's the code here? That very well could happen. It's not good. You don't want to punch a guy when he's on the ice. You don't want to bounce his head off the ice. His yeah. helmet's off. Yeah. Whether you notice that, I don't even think you know that in the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether his helmet's off or not, it's not nearly as dangerous to do it if his helmet's on as it's off it was off he fell down he fell down he could have hit his head i don't know if he did or not then he got basically punched again and then hit the mm-hmm. it's not good okay. and once things cool off and everything else for all i know brady did text him and say sure hey yeah. got a little fired there sorry about that the very end there didn't mean to, to hit you while you're down and all good that stuff happens all the time and rightfully so and from the character that i know that uh brady to chuck has that probably did happen but it's something that happens you try not to let it happen you don't want to see it it's not allowed it's not okay i would never justify that or say no that guy's a real prick you can bounce his head off the ice when he's down no you don't, don't want to do that it's not about that okay uh november crazy this is uh flown along we got uh three episodes in apparently it's hunting season around here and also, I do know that October ends with Halloween. So mm. tell me what the Halloween setup was. Yeah, well, it's easy for me because typically my buddies back home, we like to go hunting. So we throw, you know, we get all our hunting gear out, pull it out of the basement. Summer's over for it's sure. It's already time, right? It's like yeah. this thing's happening in days. We got to get the gear out. It's also warm as hell. You're sitting in a wind howling field. You got to have warm stuff on. You're going trick-or-treating and Hunting season opens the day after trick-or-treating. So usually we throw on our <laughs> hunting gear. It's warm as hell. You're going around with the kids, and then the girls dress up like a, a flock flock of deer. So oh, hunters yeah, okay. and deer is usually what we do. It, it makes sense. And then in the morning, your stuff's all laid out for you. I feel you, like so. flock is birds. It'd be a herd of deer. We gotta, what's the plural it's got to be a deer. herd. I should know that. Do reach out on social media. It's a herd us. of deer, I think. You're right. <laughs> We'll hear about it. Uh, I, I was a traveling Jager for one night. You remember those boys that got dressed up in all the yes. Jaggers? You have Dallas Jagger, Washington Jagger, Rangers Jagger, Czech Jagger. I had a white Czech jersey that I bought back in Prague when I was like 
20, 19 years old for like 20 bucks. Yager and Hasek were gods over there and still are because they'd won the gold in 96. And so the, the traveling Yager fellows jumped on our radio show to talk about being traveling Yagers, had a great chat. And they said, so, you know, we got room for one more tonight. I said, well, I do have a, a white Czech Republic jersey. And so the fellows gave me the red shell for the pants, the blue and red white socks. Joe for bucket. Bucket, and I tr- typically have worn a wig, but this year the mop is that gross, not greasy, and long that ah. I just decided I'm taking the wig off, and that it works. looked way more like Yager. Ah, I bet because it, it was good. a short wig, like the the Dallas Yager. You had it tight for a little bit. That's there. true, you but that's not vintage Yags. Vintage Yags is the huge bleep and mullet. Yeah, and so that one, ever in a pinch, got that shotgun out of the basement on in less than two minutes. Love it. Well, I hope you had your neck guard on. <laughs> That's not going to be beaten as an outro to episode three. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching the Department of Discipline. And by the way, uh, Crown Royal, big shout out for you being on board as well. The generous guy. Generosity is in the little things. It's not someone cutting a big check. It might be helping your neighbor. Not doing it to be seen, but just to do it because it's the right thing to do. Crown Royal, crown everything. You, sir, again, the the uh, the gentleman of the day with uh, the best outro in the history of the business. Neck guard on on Halloween. See you next week. Hockey fight! Hockey fight! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.